It's the Big Five O, people. Episode 50 of the Hiker Podcast. I cannot believe we've lasted this long, to be honest. Um, nearly fell off the wagon a few times. We've let the podcast go for a couple of months without any new episodes. But we're here. 50 episodes. We're going strong. We're going to keep going. Well, not for the next couple of weeks because I'm taking a break for Christmas. So for the final time this year... This is the Hiker Podcast, and I am Owen Hamilton. This is the show where we talk all things hiking, backpacking, through hiking, walking, trekking, tramping, whatever you want to call it. Anything to do with exploring the great outdoors by foot. One of the best things about this show and my job is that I get to speak to so many different people and organizations that help people to get out there and explore the great outdoors safely. And as you might guess, on the show this week, we have another one of these amazing people. A man by the name of H. Shindle. H. currently sits at the chair of the Potomac Appalachian Trail Club for the Tuscarora Trail Committee. Uh, Tuscarora Trail is a rugged 250 mile trail that lo- is located in the mid-Atlantic states. It's become- getting quite popular these days with the overflow of hikers up the Appalachian Trail looking for something else or even looking for an alternative route because it does intersect at the Appalachian Trail at two points, I believe. Um, H is just a joy to speak with all the time. He has a of stories from his, his days of hiking the Appalachian Trail back in the 1980s, uh, how he discovered the trail from through hiker Ed Garvey, who wrote probably the, the, the original book about hiking the Appalachian Trail. Uh, he, he self-confessed couch exerciser for about 35 years after hiking the Appalachian Trail. Recently, H is taken out to the trail to, to get his trail mojo back and hike bunch of different trails, uh, climb a bunch of mountains including Kilimanjaro, Ben Nevis uh, and 43 state high points. In our conversation we touch on the history of the Appalachian Trail and the Potomac Appalachian Trail Club and the Tuscarora Trail as well and what, what the Appalachian Trail was like back in the 1980s and how much has changed since then and you know what is the future of through hiking particularly in the United States get into that interview in just a moment but first a word from our sponsors this episode of the hiker podcast is brought to you by hiker the most comprehensive mobile app and website for all those exploring the great outdoors by foot discover one of our 20,000 plus verified hiking routes from around the world plan your own route and track it while using the best quality regional maps like harvey maps OS Maps, East West Maps, USGS, Land Information New Zealand, TAS Maps, Get Lost, the list goes on and on. The app is designed to enable hikers of all abilities to get outside and explore safely. Head over to your app store to download the app for free now or head to hiker.com to see for yourself. And just a final reminder to anybody who's looking for that last minute gift for their true hiker, hill walker, tramper, backpacker, bushwalker friends, uh, you can pick up a Christmas voucher for Hiker. Uh, there's a 
range of different prices available. You can get a year, a three year, you can get pro or pro plus. Just head over to our website or you can email info at hiker.co to find out more. So without further ado, here's my conversation with one half of the Blues Brothers, H. Shindle. So what that was is that was a linesman. There was a power there was a power line that went across. You could see it in the background, but that's how the yeah. linesman crossed that that piece of water. And so you can read in the philosopher's guide the little snippet that I put there where where you know we got there and we didn't know nothing and we didn't know anything about it. So I crossed it and I, I got in the middle and I'm the, the cable stretches and I'm yelling at my brother, get the picture, get the picture. <laughs> and uh you know he he saw me cross it. And I had done that kind of stuff in the army and he's like, screw this. He went downstream and waded across the stream because it scared him so much. Cause I mean, I'm literally whatever, 10 feet off the water. So That's nuts. So like you would carry, and we were speaking uh, a couple of days ago, yeah. you had like, uh, I can't remember what weight, but it was certainly a lot heavier than yeah. what through hikers are carrying today. And yeah, you I were carrying that across that. Yeah. That's nuts. Um, well, well, again, I, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not what I am that today, but I, yeah, I mean, to me it was, and like I said, I had spent some time in the army. So to me it was, I mean, we did all that stuff in you know, training. Hmm. And how deep would the water be there? Got no idea because it's sort of, you know, it's got the, uh, tan, tannix in it. You know, you couldn't see the bottom. Hmm. Yeah, and, and and would it be like like fast flowing water, or is that a lake? It or, was or, further down, so it was at the headwaters of Moxie Lake, Moxie Pond. Okay. So, um, so uh, you know, in, in the lake, that lake was probably you know three miles wide and twenty miles long. You know, that's the way the main, the lakes are up in Maine, and so it was at the headwaters where you know the the creek was running out of the lake, and so you, you know we we crossed the stream there. Yeah. I, I'm definitely gonna. I, uh, uh, thank you for sharing that image because I'm definitely gonna have to share that on social media because anyone listening to this will ju- just be like, "What? What are you? T- what are you talking about?" But yeah. basically, it's a picture of. Uh, this is you in the picture, I assume, uh, with your giant backpack, uh, with and it, like you can't see the cables, but it just looks like you are hovering across well, water. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the that's what I I laugh at people. You know, social media today, people are complaining about the trail, this, that, and the other, and it. To me, the analogy is like Lewis and Clark is, is that, you know, people don't believe how you did it, but that was just the way it was back then. I mean, we swam across the Kennebec River and now they've got a canoe service. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so, I mean, yeah, it was just part of the part of the deal. We were following the blazes. So what when did you do the Appalachian Trail? In 1986. Uh, 1986. OK, and I see you, you did it in Hawaiian shirts as well. Were you what we think? Uh, like, well, we, we look back. So, you know, I took a 35 year break now and then I'm watching all this trail culture on the trails, you know, mm-hmm. on the, on the, uh, YouTube videos. And I'm, you know, I'm, you know, people think they were the first ofs and I'm like, you know, we did that 35 years ago. So I, I, I like my brother's claim to fame is he thinks he's the first one to through hiked in a Hawaiian shirt on the AT. And so I think we were also the first through hikers because, you know, gear changed, but we, we had, cutting edge technology then which was the internal frame backpack the, the gregory's which were 110 liters mm. and uh, so so much has changed since then yeah. but like it, it's 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 wild to see that there's well it, and that's what i'm saying element there's elements of the past as well there's there is that hawaii there is that kind of like yeah. hiker trash if you will 
Well, did you did you look down at did you scroll down and look at the picture of us at Harper's Ferry? I, I Harper's Ferry is that the picture of you that, with the Hawaiian shirts? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Both that was uh, yeah. It's a very grainy Polaroid, but that's the picture that they take to put into the book back then. They took a Polaroid picture of you when you got to the halfway point, right? It, and okay. that's our and that's our picture that you know we're trying to be extravagant or whatever or be not normal, but. Uh, not, yeah. not, not even just the the shirts, but the shorts as well. I, well, see, I, I'd love, I'd love to see what the, the the actual images on that those shorts are. They, they look, they look colorful, all right. Yeah, well, see, I was living in Virginia Beach then, and that's you know surfer board shorts back then. Right. Okay. So they were Maui Maui and Sons. So a life on the trail and a life of trails. Um, I guess it, we've kind of segued into like a bit of an introduction to, to you. So, hey, do you want to do you want to introduce yourself to the, the Hiker Podcast audience? I, by the way, I have been recording this. <laughs> well, I, hopefully you can put the snippets together so they make sense. Uh, yeah, so um, I'm H. Schindel. I've uh, been involved with trails off and on my whole life. Uh, I actually started out uh, backpacking and camping uh, with the family and then moved into Boy Scouts. And was so interested in hiking and backpacking, actually worked at a place in Oakton, Virginia called uh, Appalachian Outfitters and uh, was uh, in high school cleaning, cleaned rental tents. But it did a couple things for me there. It gave me access to cutting edge <laughs> equipment back then, but also some of the personalities of the trail that I finally realized who they were. And one of the people that were sort of in, uh, instrumental in me getting interested in the Appalachian Trail besides Boy Scouts was a gentleman named Ed Garvey who through-hiked the AT in uh, the, the 70s and wrote a book called Appalachian Hiker that was sort of back then the a watershed book for the hiking community and through-hikers and actually knew Mr. Garvey then and he was very gracious and basically uh, talked me into <laughs> Hiking the AT was no big deal and planted that seed. And uh, I graduated in high school in 81 and then went off to college and then uh, thought about the AT all through college. And then in 1986, did a short stint uh, in the Army for my officer basic training and then ended up hiking through hiking the AT with my brother. Uh, we were the Blues Brothers in 86. We did a no-bo starting uh uh, the end of March and finished uh, early August of four months and a couple weeks uh, through hike the AT in 86 with a northbound thing. And, uh, you know, ever since then, the AT has been a huge part of, uh, you know, just part of my life. And, uh, you know, since then, you know, did the AT. And back then we didn't realize that there was more. We didn't even know there was other trails out there, really. We actually mm -hmm. met while we were on the AT, a gentleman named Larry Budd that uh, had through hiked the Pacific Crest Trail the year before. He hiked the AT with us. And then in 87, he did the Kyle Divide. And, uh, you know, Larry claims to be the uh, first, you know, uh, triple crowner, the, the trails back to back to back, you know. Wow. Uh, and so we met him and he you know, was talking about the PCT and we're like, you had no clue what he was talking about. But, you know, back then there was not a lot of information because of the internet and this, that, and the other. And I basically uh, walked away from the AT, you know, thought about a second through hiker doing something, but basically, you know, went back into society, uh, 
with, uh, you know, had a career and raised a family and everything and, you know, rode the couch, did some, a little bit of mountain climbing, but rode the couch for 35 years. And then a couple of years ago, uh, started thinking about the AT again and also <laughs> found YouTube videos of people <laughs> through hikes and sort of got me uh, wanting to get my trail mojo back. And yeah. uh, so came off the couch and uh, over the last two years, I've been doing state high points. I think I'm up to 43. Did a, in January, did a, a climb of Kilimanjaro, have done Ben Nevis, did a, did a, uh, a, a lash of the Tuscarora Trail, which sort of brings me full circle because Ed Garvey mentioned that as the big blue back in the 70s. And uh, the Tuscarora Trail is here located in the Mid-Atlantic and uh, did about 180 miles a year and a half ago and really got passionate about giving back to the trail community for maintenance and that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, I've been focused on the Tuscarora too. So, you know, over the last two years between hiking and also trying to get back to the trail as a maintainer and actually raise my hand with the Potomac Appalachian Trail Club. And I'm the uh, the Tuscarora Trail chair uh, mm. with helping maintain and develop that trail, uh, you know, here recently. Wow. And so yeah, that's, the- yeah, hopefully that's a, just a, a brief oversight site of you know my interest yeah yeah i mean it's it's a it's an interesting life to have you know been so influenced by hiking by trails by the people the the personalities in hiking and then to to kind of take a step away from that maybe unintentionally or unintentionally um and for that to be ignited uh, like 35 years later and but not just be ignited in i'm gonna go out and go hiking again it's i'm gonna go out and i'm actually gonna make trails a huge part of my life again uh, right. i'm gonna be yeah. part of the potomac uh trail uh, appalachian trail club and i'm gonna be the chair of the tuscarora trail yeah. um why well, well, i i you know i th- i th- uh, my brother and i uh and Dave, his real name is david he went by elwood and i'm jake of the blues brothers I mean, we, you know, for that 35 years of not being really involved with the trails, we talked about the AT and how it was an integral part of our life. And we call them trail flashbacks uh, where we'd have funny stories where we'd mention one word and we'd bust out laughing because, you know, it was a, a great experience. And, you know, I thought about the trail over the 35 years and wanted to get back to it. But, you know, it's just uh, it, it didn't happen. And then, you know, here recently, uh, you know, just decided that, you know, definitely missed it and, you know, tried to get involved. And so when I said that, started watching YouTube videos and everything and just was absolutely blown away with other people's experiences on YouTube. And I'm still trying to grapple with just the change in through hiking culture and the equipment and, and all that. And, you know, uh, just the, the crowds on the AT, quite frankly, because when we did it back in 1986, uh, there was you know, just a couple hundred people that attempted the hike. And I think that year there was about 80 that actually finished. And, wow. you know, yeah. And, you know, back then 99.9% were all nobos. And we actually met our counterparts called the Blaze Brothers that did a, that were attempting a Sobo southbound. And I don't think they finished, but, you know, back then that was just so foreign that anybody would be so gutsy to do a southbound AT through hike. And so just, just the shift in what's happened over the 36, 37 years has been amazing to me and uh, just, you know, very, very interesting. So 
with that being said, I was going to do, you know, thought about doing an AT hike, uh, you know, start out small, not do a through hike, but started looking at the trail. And, and frankly, uh, you know, with the crowds on the trail, when it's something a little bit more, more remote. And I remembered Ed Garvey talking about the Tuscarora Trail. And it actually starts, you know, it's a 250-mile trail that's rugged, and it starts at the Shenandoah Park on the AT on the northern section and then goes west, then north through Hancock, Maryland, and then reconnects back up with the Appalachian Trail near Duncannon, Pennsylvania. And so about a year and a half ago, when did this 180-mile hike and was just, it reminded me of the AT back in 1986. I actually mm -hmm. went uh, twice two to three days each without seeing a single person on the trail and this is in the mid-atlantic which was shocking to me i actually felt a little scary <laughs> because the trail is rugged and it had all the yeah. challenges of uh an early through hike had water uh concerns had uh, growth concerns and the trail is the tread is very very rugged it's you know the typical uh, infamous pennsylvania at rock type tough trail or the long trail uh, you know, influence there on the trail, but I had wonderful experiences with that. And the, the shelters on the trail are wonderful. And of course they're not crowded. I had, you know, the, the shelters to myself and it, the, the ridgeline walks reminded me of the AT back in 86 and started thinking about it. Uh, you know, I want to get back. And uh, at the time the position for the Tuscarora trail chair was open and no, knew very little about how to be involved, but raised my hand and it's been a good learning curve over the last nine months that I've been in this position trying to get back and, you know, trying to, uh, you know, get the trail, continue the trail as a through hiking trail for the AT. And it's actually become really popular here recently because you're able to do a uh, loop of the AT in the Tuscarora 500 mile trail or just hiking, you know, 250 miles on a through trail that's not as crowded. And uh, yeah, Heather Anderson and her husband uh, did a, did the 500 mile loop this year uh, and documented it very well. So it's it's starting the Tuscarora is starting to see more people on it. It's always been you know had maybe 10 or 12 through hikers a year, but you know with people looking for other challenges and other trails, you know it's sort of coming to its own. And it you know and it does have a 60 year history behind it. Yeah, it's it, it's interesting that you're saying. The, the a, a kind of an overflow from the Appalachian Trail because you're getting that slightly older school uh, Appalachian Trail vibe from it, and I think that's what right. a lot of people are searching for when they go and do these through hikes. That's uh, kind of what people are looking for, and obviously with the Appalachian Trail and with the uh, Pacific Crest Trail, and probably soon enough to be this uh, Continental Divide Trail having permits and a limited number of permits. Right. Um you know you're you're always going to have bubbles you're always going to have like when we say crowds you don't mean like you're queuing up the, the, down the the some 2000 mile trail it's not like that it's it, it's it just you you will meet people on the trail where i think what people are looking for is that um solitude they are looking for that escape from from civilization and while the appalachian trail still provides that in a lot of places you're probably not going to get the experience that you did back in back in 1986 right so the tuscarora trail is 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 basically offering that and i actually had a conversation with the american hiking society yesterday and i asked them that question around like you know is the the explosion that we're seeing over the last couple of years in 
in hiking specifically is that having a negative effect on trails um in that people are getting they're just get they're they're walking into like kind of yeah just it, it, there, there there will be those bubbles everywhere and the, i suppose they answered like well no it's it's always positive because it always means that we get to grow um and then for i suppose for the tusker roar trail it's it's obviously a good thing because people will still will be looking for that 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 um that solitude that escape and the tuscarora trail sounds like it can 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 provide that right well what's interesting to me and again i'm still trying to get my head around all this because again still a learning curve on you know uh, all of this being evolved as the chair but uh, you know just for consideration i mean is a through hike of the appalachian trail now is maybe considered spurs or or you know parallel trails uh in, you know be considered a through hike that's accepted by atc or whoever and it, it gets down to style too but you know being able to relieve it where uh because the appalachian trail and the tuscarora parallel each other and let me give you a little background the tuscarora trail was actually built started uh you know 1961-62 because the atc was afraid of the Appalachian Trail being closed around Washington, D.C. because of land disputes. And so people don't realize this, but uh, the, the trail already got protected in 1968, the Appalachian Trail. But before that, they were afraid that the trail was going to be closed by private owners and they were looking for an alternative trail. And Appalachian Trail and PATC, which Potomac Appalachian Trail Club is a, you know, a, a, a the club that actually maintains that section of the Appalachian Trail, you know, decided to get ahead of it and for over seven years started laying out this trail, negotiating with private landowners as well as routing it through national forest or state parks to build this alternative trail. So they started this. And then in 1968, when Congress passed, you know, the Trails Act to protect the Appalachian Trail, that sort of, you know, negated the requirement for the this bypass trail, but the PATC decided to continue with it because so much effort had been put into it to have this. And back then it was called the Big Blue Trail from basically the Shenandoah Park up to the Potomac River in Hancock, Maryland, and then north of there through Pennsylvania, Maryland to where it connects near Duncannon on the AT was called the Tuscarora Trail. And over time it changed to the Tuscarora Trail, just one name. Uh, to, to be that, but they had this, you know, they built this trail and over the last 60 years, PATC has maintained it and actually put a lot of effort into it for shelters and other things, but it's still not as, uh, I don't want to use the word civilized, but civilized as the Appalachian Trail. And so, you know, one of the things I wonder is, it's just like you could do the Benton Mackay too, that, you know, starting south, if you're going to do a Nobo, do the Benton Mackay Trail and then reconnect with the AT and then come up and then do a, do a, you know, a, a different circuit of the Tuscarora and keep going up to, up to Maine. And would that be considered, you know, a, a through hike of the AT because you're, again, it gets down to style, but, you know, H's opinion is a through hike is you're beginning at one and you're ending at the other terminus and, you know, it's a continuous footpath, which it would be. Yeah. But you may not be following the white blazes the whole way. And, you know, the benefits of that may be that, you you know, the trail's not being, uh, uh, you're able to disperse the hikers a little bit and because it is so popular 
and and you know be able to uh, spread the resources out. Yeah, it's it's interesting you say that because it, it, it's I suppose there's a a level of I hate this word, but gamification uh, with within the true hiking community, and I might get uh, uh, I might get some backlash for saying this, but like once you start, and I'm one of these people, and maybe you are as well, where once you start something, you want to finish it the way that it, that it has been laid out. If you get me, so if there is a goal, you want to complete that goal. Um, so, say for instance, with the Appalachian Trail, it is, uh, and it and you know more than I do, but the Appalachian Trail changes every year. Like there's a di- a different right. lengths and distances every single year. Uh, but when you start that year, whatever that distance is that year, like I want to finish this Appalachian Trail. I don't want to have a cocktail or whatever of that. There's, there is there is a level of that, I think, within the through hiking community. But it, one thing that, that happens over in, mostly in mainland Europe, is, is this sprawl of uh, different trail networks where people will just connect their trails and do their own trail so there's um a network of trails called the via alpina uh which basically the the name is in or the yeah the name is in the name uh you are using the alpine trails to get from one side of the alps to the other so you're starting over in the france switzerland border and you're basically coasting along the switzerland italy border right until you get to slovenia and but you can use whatever mirad of trails that you would like to complete that and you have completed the via alpina in whatever way shape or form that you wish to do it and i think that that would be a really nice way for to a really nice uh, thing to bring over to the u.s trail network because there is like a, that amazing network of trails that you guys have particularly around uh, the Potomac um, uh, region, around the uh, the Tuscarora Trail, the Benton Mackay, uh, and even the uh, Pinhody Trail to a degree that they can all link on and people right. can kind of go, well, um, this is my flavor of the Appalachian Trail. Right. And, yeah, and I think that should be accepted through, I, I think, you know, just a couple of thoughts here is I think when you do your first through hike up a long trail, you want to be, and again, there's different <laughs> philosophies on this, but you want to be sort of a purist and hike every white blaze, whether, yeah. you know, in, in, in one direction in general, you know, and then, but once you get that under your belt and you've sort of proven yourself as a through hiker, then as you do more and more things, it becomes a little less of a, you know, a ward or a badge to wear more of your personal journey and, therefore it doesn't bother you that you would you know maybe link some of this stuff together and maybe if you know some of the organizations that recognize a through hike would be more accepting of what a through hike is where you know there's variations that are considered allowable by their rules mm-hmm. you know atc right now has you know what they consider a through hike and and, uh, and all that maybe that would be win-win for everybody with regards to being able to accommodate the increased populations on the trail and spread out the resources and, yeah, yeah. and, and make it different. I, and, you know, I've, so, I've, you know, I've heard of 
hikers that have done the, yeah, I've had conversations with hikers that have done the Appalachian Trail multiple times, and they've actually told me that, you know, they're looking at these variations because it's not the same old thing where you're now you're doing the trail 12 times and it, they know exactly where every switchback is on the trail. They want a little bit of variation, right? It's a spice of trails or life or whatever. But so they're, you know, they're doing this right now. And maybe that's the future of through hiking is, is that, you know, that on these Granddaddy trails, you know, the Continental Divide, Pacific Crest, and the Appalachian Trail, that, you know, there's other variations that are allowed for the beginning hiker to help spread out, you know, the, the, the bubbles or whatever yeah. in, in the populations on the trail. And, you know, again, I'm still <laughs> uh, trying to sift through on, you know, what just, just, people's opinions and everything and of course everybody's got different opinions on this but it's you know trying to come to a general consensus to, to help yeah. out with the, some of the stuff and you know frankly that's why i went and tried and, and did this lash of the tusk aurora is, is because when i start watching a lot of the youtube videos uh sort of didn't want to go back on the at and taint my wonderful experience of 86 in uh, you know just with the crowds and stuff you know shelters yeah yeah, yeah, I, I totally understand that. Um, yeah, you, you do seem to have these beautiful memories and even those photographs we were looking at at the start of the show. You, it, it, nostalgia is, a, is a, yeah. a very strong thing and you, you definitely still get a lot of that, but, but you never know. You never know what the trail is going to give you and, and uh, potentially it's a, it's, it is another trail like, like this was But I want, I, I, um, we could talk all day about, about that, but I want to know more about the, your position in Tuscarora Trail. So what, what, as chair of the Tuscarora Trail, what, what do you do? What, what is your role? Okay. So it's, uh, it's in just an oversight position. And so, uh, the, okay, so, for, so first of all, just a little bit of history on the Potomac Appalachian Trail Club, you know, been around, we're coming up, you know, shortly on our hundred year anniversary. And, um, we actually maintain overall, uh, 1200 miles of trail. And so only 200 miles of those are the Appalachian Trail, which is kind of a shocking fact. <laughs> and, uh, the Tuscarora is 250 miles. And so overall we do a lot of maintenance on the trails. We have 8,000 members and, uh, uh, you know, with regards to the size of the organization. And so just drilling down a little bit on the Tuscarora, we have, you know, a group that oversees the Tuscarora trail and there's uh, the trail, the 250 miles is broken into three districts and there are three district managers that are like uh, the analogies is like mayors of their own town where they're responsible for the maintenance and everything that goes on on their section of the trail. And then uh, we also have a group of two district managers that do, or not trails, they do lands that are out uh, trying to protect the trail to make it a continuous through trail from end to end. Because unlike the Appalachian Trail, we still continue have go through a lot of private property and stuff. And we're there at sometimes at a handshake uh, <laughs> and the goodwill of, of the owner of the land. So we're looking to make sure the trail is viable and we, you know, it, the trail is very dynamic. You know, we have trail closures because the owner rightfully so decides that, you know, he doesn't want the trail to go across and then we just need to adjust and figure out what we're going to do. So we have that lane aspect of it, you know, and those are the two major arms of the Tuscarora trail committee. And then 
I just sort of provide oversight and anything that I can do to assist those, you know, five dif- dif- different district managers, uh, you know, try to help out and also just coordinate so that we're all sort of on the same sheet on, on what we're doing. And, you know, I'm, uh, do a lot of the front end uh, paperwork type stuff, trying to assist them as much as I can. And so, and again, I'm on a learning curve here and it's very dynamic. Mm. So I had absolutely no experience with trail maintenance. And when I went to PATC said, Hey, I'm, you know, I, (laughs) I know nothing, but I'm willing to learn. And I've got a lot of other skills through life and uh, like to, you know, throw my hand up and, and, you know, give, give it a try. And so it's been dynamic with, with that regard. And so, uh, you know, we're definitely moving in the right direction and, uh, look to have you know every year we've got you know goals every year and going to increase it so well it, it's it's uh yeah well look there's no better way well i certainly don't think there's a, a better way to learn uh, a new skill than doing it <laughs> you know just yeah. throw yourself in and, and, and well, learn as you go and you know make mistakes and and, yeah. and you'll get I, there you know and the great thing is everybody's understanding and you know will provide guidance and mentoring you know i have come with my hat in my hand and going hey i don't you know please tell me try to get information and and uh, you know get a lot of input of course and uh, you know every, we're all in the same bus going in the same direction and uh, mm-hmm. and so it's you know it's been a great learning experience quite frankly uh well, with with the the potomac appalachian trail club so is this a i just want to kind of understand that the club a little bit more because obviously everyone knows about the well i don't know if everybody knows about this but the the appalachian trail conservancy uh is the i suppose the recognized body that i suppose is attributed to the appalachian trail um but the potomac appalachian trail club is i suppose a they look after you guys look after a specific section of the trail Right, and, and you also look look after a, a network of other trails as well yeah, in the region. Yeah, yeah, in our region in the Mid Atlantic. So we're we're actually out of Vienna, Virginia. We we started you know back in 1927 out of Washington D.C. So anything around Washington D.C., we do a lot of the trails around there, and and you know we go out to the to uh, the the Massanutten and you know the Shenandoah National Park, and you know north up into Pennsylvania for the Appalachian Trail too. So, you know, we've got a wide area and, uh, you know, I'm sort of ashamed on not telling you, but there's, you know, a network of 12 or 16 trail clubs, I guess I can Google it right now that, you know, actually maintain the Appalachian Trail Club from Georgia to Maine. And, you know, the overarching organization that actually has the responsibility with the federal government, and again, into the into the politics is the Appalachian Trail Conservatory Conservancy, yeah. and you know back in my day was the Appalachian Trail Conference, and and so you know it's a it's a relationship between all these trail clubs and ATC on on maintaining the trail, but you know the in my opinion the backbone of actually maintaining the trail yeah. is you know is these individual clubs, and then it, and then it gets further. It's all you know everybody's got to realize that through hikes the trail and takes every step. This is maintained by volunteers, and there are some paid crews that come out and everything, but the majority of uh, the trail you know is maintained by volunteers. I mean you know you got to consider that, and by being involved with these clubs 
you know, it actually, you'd look at the trail differently on what it really takes to maintain and, you know, put a new trail in and maintain it. And every year the blowdowns, yeah. you know, cutting out the blowdowns is massive. And, you know, just the treadway, uh, you know, I, I was uh, watching somebody's YouTube video this year complaining about Pennsylvania rocks, uh, a retired army colonel, you know, and talking about, you know, sort of grumbling a little bit about the maintainers in, in my opinion. And, you know, that's just part of what the tread is in Pennsylvania. It was like that back in 1986. <laughs> and, you know, the thing is, if you, if you improve the trail and took the rocks out, there'd be more rocks underneath it. And so part of it's just understanding. And, you know, I, it's, you know, a lot of people, you know, talk about the, the trail stuff, but not a lot of people raise their hands and get involved. And sort of, you know, and that's what I thought on the Tuscarora. And that's sort of why I decided to raise my hand with the Tuscarora is it's easy to go back and, you know, say this, that, and the other and give advice, but, you know, you need to come out and row. And I guess that's sort of a soft pitch for people listening. If you're interested in getting involved in any trail, please, please try it at least just once a, once a year, one day a year, it would, it definitely helps out. Yeah. It, 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 again, funny you're talking about this because uh, I was having the same conversation with the American Hiking Society yesterday where they they celebrate the National Trails Day where they get people out to volunteer on trails around the world or sorry, around, around the United States. Um, but the impact that that has um, and I am sitting here on my couch without actually knowing the impact that this has, but I can even just imagine the impact that that would have on yeah, if... your attachment to trail so like you're you're out there you're hiking a trail yes you might appreciate the the beauty of it and, and maybe some of the work that goes into it but when on, on, until you actually get out there with a with a pickaxe with a shovel with whatever tools that you need um with your bare hands uh you it's it's hard for people to, to actually I... realize the work that goes into trail maintenance yeah, it, it yeah, just it, it is. I am very appreciative on the, the you know the people, the maintainers before myself. I didn't realize. I mean, I, I it just blows my mind that the effort that for the AT from one end to the other to make it a continuous trail and to keep it open because you know every year it's you know every trail is dynamic. We have blowdowns and everything else, the, the storms that come through, and for you know it's very tough for the maintainers. I mean, uh, you, you know, things I never thought about is is that. Uh, an example is we have a section up in Pennsylvania on the Tuscarora that, uh, you know, is 10 miles long. And so if you have a blowdown, uh, that maintainer needs to hump a chainsaw five miles one way to get to that one blowdown. So, wow. yeah, the, it's just the effort is monumental. And it, again, it's a volunteer organization. And, uh, uh, you know, just again, it makes you very appreciative of the people before and after on maintaining trails and uh again i guess i'm throwing out a challenge there please come out and help us mm -hmm. yeah yeah absolutely well uh, any links or 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 channels where people can get in touch for that uh you could send them on to me and i can put them into the show notes and we can make sure that if there is anybody listening that it happens to be yeah. in that area and well not only our area but just across anything you know whoever's listening any trail that's local to you yeah yeah, yeah, yeah I, absolutely yeah. Yeah, and I and I'm actually four hours away from the Tuscarora, so so it's uh, you know become a challenge that way. I, of course, I had to I had to raise my hand at the farthest trail away, but that's cool. <laughs> well, if a trail lives in your heart, you'll you'll go long and far uh, yeah. for it. Um, 
Well, we've been talking for about 35 minutes and usually wrap up around now. Uh, I, I feel like we could sit here all day and, and just uh, uh, shoot the breeze about trails and, and hiking. But you, you spoke about potentially going back and doing a, a section of the, the AT this year, or sorry, in, in 2023. Is, I, is that on the cards? So first of all, let me have a shout out to uh, Lieutenant Colonel Dave Coffers, my hiking buddy. I've known him for hey. 35, 40 years. He and I were in Bosnia together. So he's the one that actually helped me get off the couch. Uh, and we started doing high pointing two years ago. And so uh, we talked about doing the PCT. And just because of some prior commitments with family and stuff, I'm not going to be able to do the PCT with him next year, but he is. I'm going to do some portions with him. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, this year and it's very dynamic <laughs> on you know what i got planned but i'm thinking about doing a, a, a lash on the pct next year with him and then awesome. go finishing up some of the scarier high points i have <laughs> state high points <laughs> i have this year i mean yeah the joke is you know i talk in third person h doesn't like heights <laughs> but h has got some some of the uh, the last couple of high points that are that uh, will have some exposure so that's next year and i definitely Absolutely. And I've wanted to do this since I did the AT was is finish out and do a through hike of the long trail. So that's oh, definitely, amazing. yeah, that's the, and that trail is crazy uh, challenging as well in a good way. I mean, again, yeah. looking for a challenge, but the Northern part of the long trail is that. So I want to finish that and I'd like to do it, you know, do the two, the whole thing uh, from terminus to terminus instead of, you know, I only have 160 miles if, you know, you count the 90 miles on the AT, but I want to do that. And that's, you know, so that's sort of what I'm thinking, but, uh, you know, for this up, this upcoming year, and again, you know, I want to continue and, it, you know, it's, uh, it's addicting. Exactly. And, uh, um, and also if you, if, uh, maybe 2024, 2025, who knows, you could continue on your Appalachian yeah. trail, uh, trip and go into the international Appalachian trail. Yeah, and uh, that, which continues through Canada and then comes over to, uh, across the Atlantic, across the north of Ireland and into Scotland. And then I'll see you there. We'll uh, we'll get together. 100%. I, yeah. 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 So here, you know, here's something too that I thought was just interesting. I thought about so you know the interlap at the interna- international Appalachian Trail. So you know we did our AT hike and we actually put the brakes on in Maine because we wanted to last. We didn't realize we could keep on going. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, we we spent a couple extra days at Shaw's, and, and that's interesting too. Is some of the places that you know thirty five years ago are still you know still there. The place in Damascus and Shaw's in in Monson and everything. But we we spent an extra day in in Maine at at Shaw's, just trying to keep you know keep the experience going. Yeah, yeah, that's certainly something I want to dive into on on this show is to talk a little bit more about the communities that are around these trails because we talk a lot about the trails, a lot of the experiences of people actually hiking the trails themselves, uh, the trail organizations that are behind them. But like certainly, uh, maybe you can help with that as well. Just uh, see what are the the institutions that like kind of sit around these trails that we can that we can tap into. Like because you have seen your perspective as a through hiker, but these people have been setting up businesses and just welcoming hikers for the last 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 100 years. Um, and yeah, just to kind of get their perspective. But uh, H, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Our well, chats, thanks. our our, our, our conversations, they're always insightful. I always feel like I walk away a smarter person. Um, and yeah, thank you for giving me your insight onto your history as a hiker, 
your 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 role as a Tuscarora tra Trail Chair and an insight into the Appalachian Trail, uh, maybe a little a certain flavor of the the politics as well but we didn't go too far into that um but yeah for now yeah let's 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 say goodbye and, and thanks again for coming on all right well thank you a lot whether it's good or bad thank you so much for engaging in this podcast it's been an absolute treat to to talk to you so thank you thank you thank you so 2023 what's what's coming what's coming next year well we're doing it all again we're doing it all again i've got a bunch of guests already lined up we've got hikers storytellers gear manufacturers trade organizations mountain rescues all sorts of different people from the hiking world if you want to be on the show if you know someone that should be on the show if you have content that you think that we should be talking about let us know send an email to podcast at hiker.co that's podcast at hiker.co and, and let us know so that's it for this year thank you so much again happy holidays happy christmas and have a fantastic new year thank you Happy trails.